Hey guys, welcome back to episode 47 of the Abnormal and Paranormal podcast. I'm Michael and there is no Joe. I couldn't quite make it over to his today in time for this week's episode, so I'm doing it on my own. But fear not, I am well stocked. I have my coffee, I have a litre of water and I bought on the oh, at the airport going to Rome last weekend. I bought a kilogram bag of mini eggs, which is like just the best thing I've ever seen. And I really underestimated how long it's going to take me to work my way through this bag. I've had it a week and there are still tons left. A kilogram is a hefty piece of kit, but I prioritised it and thought it was important enough to take it with me on my flight to Rome and back. And I only had hand luggage, so it took up quite a bit of space, but well worth every penny. So today, guys, I'm going to go through some classic ghost stories with you. Before I do that, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do so via email on abnormal and paranormal podcast at outlook.com, on Instagram at abnormal and paranormal podcast, and TikTok at abnormal and paranormal pod. And just a pre warning, I am recording this. I'm at my parents' house for the moment whilst I'm renovating my home. So if you hear cats or any odd noises, that is why. I will try and keep things as low-key as possible. And just a quick shout-out and thank you to everyone that has um, kindly subscribed to help the show. Um, We mentioned last episode that there is a link in the show description to um, donate monthly to the show, three, five, eight, or $10. We really appreciate each and every one of you that has done that. It really helps us to put time aside to do this for you guys and to cover the subscription costs and all the overheads that we have to do the show. So thank you for that. And if you'd like to join the others, we would be greatly appreciative. And the link is in the show description. But without further ado, guys, let's move on to story number one. I wouldn't consider myself a very spiritual person, but I have no explanation for what I encountered on my family's property and was hoping somebody had an answer as to whether or not this was some kind of spirit or entity. My family has around 360 acres in northern Oklahoma that has been in our family since the late lamb rush. Growing up, the family would meet there for Thanksgiving and Christmas, but as the family expanded, it was quickly outgrown. Nowadays, I'm about the only person that goes there, and I go slash went there regularly to train with my firearms. I went there earlier this year and had an experience that shook me so badly that I haven't spoken about it until recently, and will never go back there alone. I arrived around 2pm and set up my targets, but something fell off. I use an electronic headset for hearing protection that also amplifies ambient noise, and I noticed that everything seemed to stop. No wind, no bugs, no birds, nothing. Just complete and total silence, which is very unusual for the area. I run my normal drills, and as the sun starts to set, things get stranger. Odd smells like a dirty litter box and body odour started coming around. I noticed that the coyotes were crossing the field west of me, almost as if they were intentionally avoiding entering the woods nearby. Then I started hearing interference coming over my headset, and what sounded like disembodied voices speaking in an indiscernible language. Now I'm starting to worry. I start gathering my things and hear what sounds like a woman's blood-curdling scream coming from the woods. Around the same time, I got what I can only describe as a nauseating, omnidecretional feeling of being watched, shortly followed by very distinct footsteps trudging through the foliage in the tree line, approximately 30 yards from my position. I've been an avid hunter since childhood, 
and familiar no- with noises of the woods and the condescence of the footsteps were indicative of a large bipedal creature, oddly human-like. I pull my phone out to take a video, and I start scanning the tree line with my flashlight. Standing behind a tree at the edge of the tree line was a tall, black silhouette with spindly limbs and a pale face, looking directly at me. I managed to capture a great still image of this from the video that I will try and find and attach. I quickly grabbed my range bag and made a run towards my truck. I get about 50 yards from the truck and the light post in a property that is hooked up to county power and has never turned off in the 20 years I've been going here suddenly cuts out. Now I'm blindly running in the direction that I believe my truck is in. While I hit the unlock button on my fob to find the lights, I get in my truck, speed off, and as I'm watching in the rear view, the light post turns back on. I apologise for the long story, but I'm finally ready to get this out into the open for interpretation. I tend to think of myself as a rational person that doesn't necessarily believe in the woo kind of stuff. Although my mother describes me as being sensitive and somewhat gravitated towards energies as a child. I was doing everything I could to rationalise or come up with a reasonable explanation for the things I was experiencing, but I have no explanation. The kind of fear this experience put into me is or was unlike any kind of fear I'd ever felt. Okay, so I feel like Joe is going to really miss out on his story because it could possibly be from what it was described as. It kind of sounds like a Wendigo. Now, in the comments of his story, she describes this creature as being eight and a half foot to nine foot tall. Um, the I mean, it could be a crawler. It could be a Bigfoot, but she said it was spindly and had kind of like a long, elongated, pale face, which wouldn't necessarily be anything associated to do with the Bigfoot. So I think you can rule that one out. But a crawler possibly, but I really think a Wendigo could be a good a good shout here. Now, there isn't any mention of antlers. In the comments, someone asks about antlers and she said there wasn't any that she can remember, but it was in a tree line, so it could have been obscured by tree branches and stuff. Um so that sounds like it could be a good option. Again, we, me and Joe have mentioned national parks in America and woodland in America, and it quit so vast and just so, well, really, there's so much stuff that goes on there that isn't explained. Like, say, missing people go missing out there in national parks. It's just so much to it that if you're not sure, go back and listen to our previous episode of national parks. But I do believe there are cryptids galore, especially in America, just a sheer vast size of the open space out there. And you can't, it's just so big, you can't really get into the depth of it. Like you could say in the UK where open space is vast and it's expansive, but you can really, you could probably cover it on your own. You could hike from one side of an open moorland or something to another within a realistic time frame. Park space and open space in America is so bloody massive that I just don't think it's that possible to, to cover all of it. So there's a lot of room for things to hide is my point. Um, yeah, definitely. I think Wendigo for this one, and I'm sure Joe would agree. He loves Wendigos, which blows my mind because he poo-poo's any ideas and he's very quick to dismiss things, as you all know. But he does love Wendigos, so I'd be interested to see what he thinks of this creature. There was another story on this thread, which I'm going to read out for you now. Who's somebody who lives in a similar area? So I'm going to read this out for you guys now. Reading this gave me goosebumps when I got to your description. I live in the southwest Kansas area, right on the Oklahoma border. 
One night, I was outside with my dog. It was winter, it was late, and it was cold. I was looking across the yard, a small rural neighbourhood, big yard, and this abandoned house that was bordered by fields on one side and woods to the other two sides. The front yard facing the street had a light post. I always looked at this house when I went outside, or even I went to the bathroom at night because I could see it through the window, and it always gave me a weird vibe. So it was an old house, bottom of the windows are probably three or four feet off the ground. I'm standing there and I see this tall, black, thin, vaguely human-shaped figure glide through the yard coming from the woods. And I say glide because it didn't have any feet and wasn't like a human. My dog, who barked at his own shadow, also saw it and went totally silent and tucked tail. The thing reached the top of the windows, which was probably about 10 feet behind it, so it's probably 50 yards from me. I'm not a mathematician, so I'm not sure how tall it would be actually, but it's definitely seemed taller than a regular guy. I just got this overwhelming feeling that it would be bad news if it had spotted me seeing it, but I was frozen. I didn't want to make a sound. It crossed the yard, into the field, and I never saw it again. Gives me goosebumps just thinking about it, I have no idea what it could have been. I've driven through the Oklahoma and Arkansas Ozarks a couple of times, and I've always had really weird experiences there. It's definitely a strange place. Also, it was February when I saw it. That's so weird. Oh man, so this is the second person that has seen a very similar creature. This was posted three months ago. And it's just weird to me how these two people have seen similar creatures, similar descriptions, similar heights. And she mentioned it glided across, like she couldn't see it sort of walking or having any limbs as such. So, I mean, God, it sounds terrifying. And I really wish there was some sort of like picture to back it up. The previous story I mentioned she had a video and she was going to try and get a still from that story, from that picture, that video. Um, but I couldn't find a picture on the thread. So that's a shame. And I know it's going to be like a red flag to Joe because he's probably going to be like, oh, that's it then, it's rubbish. But, you know, it could be that she just hasn't got the files uploaded. She might be very tech savvy. I don't know. But it's weird that somebody else has verified her tale of events and has seen something very, very similar to that. That's got some kind of credence there. I do believe that. So I'm going to jump straight into story two, guys. I was called by a lady who swore that her cat was possessed. I was incredibly sceptical, but very curious. According to the lady, her cat would suddenly start screaming at the top of its lungs. It would do this crazy looking slow motion walk while tilting its head at weird angles. If she tried to approach it, when it did these things, it would lash out at her with its claws. After having one of these spells, it would hide, but not relax. Its tail would swing wildly and growl to itself for up to an hour. As strange as all this sounded, I spoke to one of my team members who was very sensitive, and after hearing the story, she insisted that we investigate. We arrived at the residence at around 4.30pm. The lady gave us a tour of the house and introduced us to the cat. It was a standard three to two ranch style home, and we found nothing creepy about it. The cat was cool, very affectionate, and really took to my fellow investigator. She spent a couple of hours alone with the cat while I got the paperwork and formalities done with the lady. She invited us to investigate the home that night as she had a date, then worked the 11pm to 7am shift at the local hospital. She left for a date at around 7.30pm, and we began our formal investigation. 
we moved room to room, asking questions in hope for an EVP or at least a knock in response to a question. We had no activity until 11.30pm when the cat started screaming in the master bedroom. Upon entering the doorway, my partner grabbed my shoulder stopping me and motioning finger to lip for me to be quiet up and listen. It was hard with the cat screams that made my hair stand on end. As we watched and listened, a shadow began to form in the corner of the room. There was a whisper coming from the shadow that was not recorded by DVRs and we could not understand what it said. The cat was irate. It was scared and ready to fight. So we witnessed the claims of the lady firsthand and they were exactly as she had described. My partner spoke very calmly to the shadow saying, You're scaring the cat. I don't think you mean to. So if you leave this room and go into the bedroom across the hall, we will help you. We turned and entered the smaller bedroom and sat quietly on the bed waiting to see what would happen. A few moments later, my partner grabbed my arm and pointed at the doorway into the spare bathroom shared by the two smaller bedrooms. I could clearly see a humanoid shape with no features, but it was blacker than the dark. This teammate and I had worked together many times and we had a routine that we followed. I told the entity that everything was okay, the cat was now calm and we want to know how we can help. It slowly moved through the doorway and slightly into the room. At that point, I heard through my DVR the word kitty. While recording, I always plug in the earpiece so I can hear what is being recorded in real time. I asked if it was trying to pet the kitty and it stretched out its arm pointing towards the master bedroom where the cat was. I asked if it wanted to hurt the cat and almost immediately heard a sigh and a whimper. I asked again if it wanted to hurt the cat and stated that in order for us to help it, they needed to answer us. My partner told me a minute later that it had answered. She sensed that it indicated that it only wanted to pet the cat. She also sensed that this was the spirit of an adolescent male, and she thought that in life he had some type of developmental issue. While we spoke to the entity, it seemed to sway slightly back and forth, but it didn't go anywhere. It seemed that it was listening to our conversation. I once again spoke to it, saying that it scared the cat and if it wanted to pet it, it would have to make friends with it first. I explained that if it would just sit still and speak to the cat, that it would learn that you don't want to hurt it. Eventually the cat will come to you and let you pet it. A moment later, the cat appeared in the hall doorway and sat down calmly. No one spoke or even moved, including the spirit. A few moments later, the cat joined us on the bed. I spoke to it calmly and my partner stretched its neck and head. As I looked back up from the cat at the spirit, I noticed it was gone. We experienced nothing else that night and locked up the house and left. Two days later, my teammate called me very excited. She had researched the property and found that a young man who had Down syndrome had died at the property when he had fallen out of a treehouse. We gathered our evidence and met the lady the following day. I played her all of the recordings of us talking to the spirit so that she would understand exactly what had happened. When she heard me tell the spirit how to make friends with the cat, she began to cry. She told us that only that morning the cat was on the bed in a smaller bedroom. It was purring very loud and moving its head like somebody was scratching it. Okay, so I know Joe would have heard the first bit of that story about a cat being possessed and he would just laughed his head off. Clearly the cat wasn't possessed. The cat was just fucking terrified of this spirit. So kudos and respect to the investigators for actually taking the time to fix the problem 
And it sounds as though it worked, right? The cat was having a lovely time the next morning, having a head scratch, and this spirit that was obviously trapped in his property that just wanted to pet the cat was given the tools to know how to do that. It was a really sad story about this Down syndrome kid who fell from the treehouse and died. And it's tragic that it's now trapped in his house. But I'm glad that the cat is there and it's got someone to interact with. It must be really lonely. So and it's good that the investigators as well took the time to sort that out rather than just sort of collect evidence and pictures and whatnot. Um, that's a really good story. I like that a lot. And as a cat owner, I am very, very happy that you helped the cat because it sounds like it was super distressed. And cats screaming at any time is absolutely terrifying. I don't think it's something they do very lightly or very common. So yeah, I was obviously having a real shit time dealing with that spirit. So I'm glad that was all fixed. So story number three, guys. My best friend passed away in 2014. I was in school at the time, so I was distraught and didn't know how I'd carry on living. To this day, even being married with kids, I'm still feeling like my life is just an epilogue. That my life was paused that day that I found out he died. Fair to say I was really gutted. Anyway, I got really into PC gaming and I would play Counter-Strike with my friends that I met at college. And it's funny because thinking back on it, I never felt alone, even when it was just me when my friends were all busy. One night, I dreamt about him. He met me at the Spear Pillar, a location from a Pokemon game we both loved. He hugged me and said it was okay, as his young self had matured whilst being on the other side for two to three years. I felt his stubble against my cheek, it was so surreal. Further on, he told me that I need to stop worrying and that he's always with me, be it on the bus, chilling at home or at college. He said he was always there. Then he said something that quite frankly blew my mind. He mentioned how it's nice of me to keep the spot at the end of my bed clear for him to sit down on, as it's his favourite spot every night. He loves watching me play CSGO, especially with my mates. The conversations made him laugh, and he said no matter where I am, he'll find me and keep me company. It's crazy, because subconsciously, I would always clear my bed, and bearing in mind my room wasn't always the tidiest, as an adult, I've gotten better at being tidy, haha. I'm so glad to have met him, and even when I'm away on deployment, or putting my kids to bed, I still feel him around and makes me feel happy and very nostalgic. In 2017, I got a tattoo dedicated to him as well. It was my first ever tattoo. I just really miss my friend. Oh God, what a sad, not sad, well it is a sad story, but it's also very sweet. I've done a few episodes on like more relatives than anyone else, but people on the other side getting back in touch with you. And those episodes always completely blow up, like the downloads just spike on those episodes. So it's something that I think people are always looking for and longing for just to hear that their loved ones are okay on the other side and to know that they're around them and still watching them progress in life and they're there to sort of keep them company and to look out for them. It's a really, really sweet story and message. Um, It sounds like he's a very kind person and it was sweet of him to leave space at the end of the bed for his friend to sit on. And in this like dream state when you saw him, it was, he mentioned it, which is really sweet. I think we mentioned before in previous episodes, Joe and I, that, if people were going to come back and communicate with you, a dreamlike state would probably be one of the best ways to do that because you're already sort of in a a mindset where you're open to anything. In a dream, anything can happen. 
And yeah, it could be confused with just literally having a dream and it not being real. But I feel like when you wake up from something, you have that sheer emotion and you know in yourself whether it's just another one of the mill dream or if that was an interaction of some sort. And I've never had that myself personally from a loved one or relative come back to visit me in a dream. I have only ever had dreams, which I believe to be dreams, like nightmares and good dreams, bad dreams, scary dreams, funny dreams, but nothing like anyone coming to me and saying, I'm okay, I'm watching over you, I hope you're good. Like I feel like if you had that, it's quite distinct. And the fact I've never had that, if I did have that happen to me now, I feel like I'll sit up and take notice of that because it's not something I've ever experienced before. So I'd be interested to see if you guys have ever had any messages like that from people because if you have, is it common? Um, once you have one from a certain person, they keep revisiting you? Or is it a one-off? Like So many questions. I just find the whole thing fascinating. Um, but yeah, what a lovely story all in all. So on to the next story, guys. I've had experiences with ghosts or similar things most of my life. In my dad's childhood home, my older sister and I would run and frantically try to flip on the light switches to the kitchen and the dining room. There was a black mass that would move from the den to the dining room and vice versa. My dad had his own experiences, such as my sister, probably two or three at the time, asking who the green man was at the end of the hall. Then at mother's house, my sister could never shut her own closet door. If she did, something went crazy, throwing stuff around the closet and ripping clothes down. She kept a mattress on the grounds but couldn't hide under the bed. This activity stopped after my grandmother passed away in the home. As a teenager, we rented an old mill house in town. I had a radio that started turning on by itself. It never did this in any other house. So I unplugged it and it still turned on. Whatever it was liked to scare me with the radio. Turning on as soon as I reached the counter I went to the bed. It even did this to my friends when they were over. One night my friend said, there's something over here with you. A dark shadow was standing by the bookcase next to the couch. I jumped up to sit with her on the love seat. The large cup of tea I had set on the floor next to the couch was now pressed up against the top of the arm of the chair. When we both saw this, it crashed to the floor. We ran out of the house. I also had scratching in my closet. Recently my family have moved into my dad's house, not his childhood home. My dad hasn't had any experiences in this house. The other day I woke up and went to the hall bathroom, which is tiled. My dad's bathroom is on the other side of the wall. As I walked in, it sounded like someone held something glass above their head and slammed it down into the tile next to me as hard as they could. I felt the impact through my feet, the vibrations were so strong. The shattering sound was so loud and my husband heard it in the bedroom. That evening, I asked my dad if anything fell in his bathroom, the only explanation I would have for this. Nothing fell, nothing was moved. Somehow, that seems worse than if something were to have broke as I entered the room. And no, I wasn't stomping. I don't know what to think or what to do. Before that happened, I was feeling uncomfortable when I would go to sleep. Like something might peek around the corner, or something might be in the room with me. And now the feeling is worse. Ooh. I mean, this person clearly is sensitive to this stuff and they've experienced tons and tons of things it sounds like something specifically targets her because it knows it's getting a rise out of her and it's scaring her 
the more she reacts to it, it seems like it's just triggering this spirit. Even in different properties, like it's just either following her or she's just unlucky enough to find different spirits in different properties. But I do feel like if you're susceptible to this stuff and the spirit's aware that you're noticing it, it's probably going to hone in on you more and target you more because it's getting a rise out of you and it's probably feeding off your energy. Best thing to do in these situations is just to literally ignore these things that are happening as, as hard and as scary as that is. Just put that blanket over your head and just pretend it's not there and go to sleep. <laughs> That's literally anything I could suggest doing. And wake up the next day and nothing happened. Just wake up, a new day, nothing's happened, ignore it, carry on. And eventually, hopefully, you'll get bored. It's like a little bully at school that keeps targeting you. And if, if you just ignore the bully, it would hopefully stop. Like, it's, uh, yeah, I can't imagine going through all that. That would be really terrifying. But with that, I am going to wrap up today's episode, guys. Um, yeah, thanks for bearing with me. It always feels so weird doing these episodes on your own. I know Joe feels the same when he does one on his own as well. It's kind of like one half of you is missing. Like he's the like little yin to my yang with this stuff. We bounce off each other with ideas and stuff. So it is weird to not have him interject or give his opinion. But I promise you, we will be back together next week from next week's episode. We both wish you all the best. And thank you again to everyone that has subscribed and donated to us. It makes such a difference, really helps us out. So if anybody else would like to do that or support the show, you can do so via the link in the show description. But furthermore, that's it for today. We'll see you guys next week. Have a wonderful week and we'll catch you guys soon. Bye, guys. Mm-hmm.